A big opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens awaits as they can sweep the Cincinnati Bengals with a win on Thursday Night Football. We talk about the game, preview it, and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here. Making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day or free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe, follow along, audio form, video form, the whole nine yards there. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code all over case lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. For back, it's our Thursday edition episode. It's game day for the Baltimore Ravens. Hopefully, a win for them as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals at home under the lights. It's a blackout, as the Ravens said. So they're going to be wearing their black jerseys, black tops, black pants. It'll be an exciting game. This is a crossover Thursday episode. So, of course, we'll be talking with James Rapine, the host of Locked On Bengals, about everything going on with these two teams. The Ravens coming off that loss to Cleveland in Week 10. The Bengals coming off that loss to the Texans. We'll talk biggest matchups, key storylines, predictions, and a lot more coming up now. James, I think this is going to be a huge game, a big game for both teams. I mean, AFC North battles are always crazy physical, and I think, honestly, crazy good here in prime time. And I think when he's talking about the biggest storylines, the Ravens have a couple, but I want to throw it to you first with Cincinnati coming off a tough loss to Houston. Obviously the Tyler Boyd drop touchdown looms large for him. Where do you kind of point to Cincinnati as you're looking at storylines for this one? Will they keep their AFC North chances alive? That's the biggest storyline this week. I think if you're dreaming or, or expected or whatever the case is, for our Locked on Bengals listeners, certainly, of them winning a third straight AFC North title, now that they're 5-4, five and four, you can't fall to 5-5 five and five and drop both games to the Ravens. It's just it's too much ground to make up, and so that's, that's it. It's, this is a must-win if you're talking about the division. Not the playoffs. I'm not going that far. They can recover and still make the playoffs, especially in this weird AFC that's all stacked together. But AFC North, they're back-to-back division champs. If they want to become the first team ever, to win three straight AFC North titles, that starts on Thursday night. And you're right, it's it's difficult circumstances. Injuries loom large. Trey Hendrickson is going to play on Thursday night, but he's going to be – I would be shocked if he wasn't on a snap count, but he'll certainly be limited in less than 100% after hyperextending his knee on Sunday against the Texans. No T. Higgins, no Sam Hubbard, and no Andre Yosevash, which is is also interesting because – the, the rookie had come on a bit, and I thought there was some hope for him to make a big play or two, maybe in a division swing game like Thursday night. And so not having him is a loss. So uh, I know that the the Ravens have some injuries of their own. Is that the biggest story here going into this one, or what, what's the biggest story in Baltimore? Yeah, I think it's definitely one of them. And I know, James, over the, over the past four years, I think injuries have been the biggest storyline for the Ravens. Oh, but yeah. they had been relatively healthy past week three they had suffered they had like three starters get injured in each one of their first three games Cincinnati included they suffered some injuries in that one but 
this Cleveland game, there was a tough loss for him. They lost a couple of key guys, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley. Stanley was declared out with a knee injury. Humphrey doubtful with a calf, although with this being a short turnaround, I would highly doubt he plays. But there are a couple other guys as well. Devin Duvernay, a late add to the injury report. They got lucky with guys like Kevin Zeitler, Jadavian Clowney, Zay Flowers. Some guys are able to return. Some guys left late but don't have an injury designation, didn't even show up on the injury report. But I think another storyline for Baltimore is in Cleveland or the Cleveland game, they had this 17 to three first quarter lead. And something we haven't said a lot here in Baltimore is that I think Cleveland just out physical them in the second half of that game. If you saw highlights, if anybody was watching that game, David Njoku takes Geno Stone for a ride. He has him wrapped up. David Njoku just piles through him for 10 more yards. Jerome Ford in the offensive line of Cleveland, I, you call, I guess they brotherly shoved through the Ravens defense 15 yards. And something about the Ravens defense this year is that they've been a physical bunch led by Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, all these players that have either had that star power or have stepped up into bigger roles. But can the Ravens bounce back from that? Because I agree with you where this, the Ravens are in a different position than Cincinnati right now in terms of the North, where if they lose this game, they still have a very good shot to win the division. But obviously mm -hmm. if Cincinnati wins, I think it gets them back into that conversation. Because if Cincinnati loses this, Ravens have the tiebreaker. It's another divisional loss, another conference loss for them. But if Baltimore loses two straight AFC North losses, it's not the end of the world, but it sure doesn't feel good, especially when, I expect this game to be close. The Cleveland game was close. And I think it's all compounded by the fact that we heard on Wednesday, Deshaun Watson suffered a season-ending shoulder injury in the first quarter of that game. In the second half, he did not have an incompletion. 14 of 14 in the second half for Deshaun Watson, not even after a shoulder injury, but the ankle as well. So the injury is certainly a factor. Two key players out for both teams, one on each side of the ball. And I think it's going to come down, in my opinion, we'll talk about this a little bit as the show goes on, but to the turnover battle for both these teams. I know both quarterbacks had some turnovers last week. Lamar Jackson underthrows Rashad Bateman for an interception. There's a pick six that he throws also that jumps off a Cleveland defender's helmet. So to me, I think that another storyline is the Ravens have had these self-inflicted mistakes. And I, I, they didn't necessarily have a bunch of those against Cleveland. It was more Cleveland just went out there and beat them in the second half. But for Baltimore... If it happens against Cincinnati, I think bigger conversations have to be had about. And I think that's why it's such a big game, because we know, James, that this is not the same Joe Burrow that the Ravens faced in week two. He is much more confident and much healthier than he was. He is. There's no doubt he's confident. He's healthy. I I, I think the other storyline, and this is more of a national one, but just talking with, with people around the country, it's finally a great Thursday night game. People are looking forward to this one. And whether you're listening or watching the Locked On Ravens or Locked On Bengals right now, I think that that's, that's the other aspect here. Even though both teams are banged up, they're dealing with injuries to key guys, we expect this to deliver. And I think it will. Like I, I think back to that Ravens-Bengals game last year in Baltimore. The Bengals take the lead late, and then Tucker kicks the field goal right at the end. I mean, that goes down to the wire. This past one was a, a one-possession game, even though it felt like the, the Bengals were – weren't going to be as in it as they were. And really the the red zone interception uh, around the goal line where Joe was targeting T Higgins, that was the difference. So uh, I think that this one could be similar. Obviously we have the playoff game as well and the coin flip game prior to that. So there's uh, there's a lot of history and I, I want to dive into these matchups, Kevin, and, and, and discuss that, discuss it, what the Bengals do well early in games versus the Ravens and what they've done well early in games, because I think something's going to have to, uh, to change there for one of these teams. So let's do that 
and much, much more coming up next. First, this episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Bengals is brought to you by DoorDash. And for me, sometimes there's a game stoppage and I want to go get some food, get a snack, get something to eat, and I'll go try to get some and there's nothing there. So that's when you know it's time to order with DoorDash, whether the game went to a timeout, whether it's halftime, two-minute warning, there are a bunch of options. And DoorDash has them for you, whether you want to order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, like the, the game day general package, or if you're more of a snacks guy, so you want chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos, DoorDash has that. And there are, I'm sure, plenty of options in the Cincinnati area for DoorDash and Baltimore. A few of my favorites, you have pizza spots, sushi spots, everything that DoorDash has to offer. Plus, you can kick back and kick off with unbeatable deals on everything you need for a watch party or even a tailgate. So get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Plus, you can get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on, on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Again, 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. One more time, don't forget to use code LOCK23. 50% off of the $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change, terms apply. Kevin, let, let's dive into some of these key matchups. And the thing that I teased that's going to come to a head is both of these teams love to start fast. You mentioned the Ravens, 17-0 first quarter points uh, in uh, in their game against Cleveland last week. They're second in the NFL in first quarter scoring. The Bengals not far behind. And really that's over the past five weeks. They started 4-0 and then they lost to the Texans after starting out 7-0 and getting a lead early. But both of these teams really like to start fast, and uh, that's that's certainly a theme. And only only one can start fast because if they both do, well, th then neither one has an advantage. And I, I would I would be surprised if both do. I think it's going to come to a head on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And part of it has just been for Baltimore. There have been really two sides of the coin. One is that fast start where they get off, you know, they'll, they'll go down the field in four minutes, 80 yards, you know, dominate an opening drive and opening quarter, but then they lose momentum. And then there's also where they've started slowing games and then they'll pick it up. There's really been two games all season where it's been consistent wire to wire, 60 minutes of good Ravens football. And that was week seven against Detroit and week nine against Seattle. Other than that, there's been some wonky thing here or there. And the offense for Baltimore, it's a new system with Todd Monk. And although I don't know if I should call it new anymore. It's now or week 11. But it was always going to be some level of a work in progress. I didn't expect the inconsistency to linger as far into the year as it has. But that doesn't mean that they haven't done good things on the offensive side of the ball. What we've seen is some of these questionable decisions. For example, Keaton Mitchell's talk of Baltimore right now is – taken over a, a, should be a really big role, but the issue is Baltimore talked him up all week heading into week 10 against Cleveland. He's earned more touches. Obviously he had the explosive play against Seattle. He gets four touches all game, averages 16.5 <laughs> yards per touch. So it wasn't like he was having a bad game. Doesn't get a touch after the two minute mark in the third quarter. So for me, it's utilizing your playmakers who are making plays and also the deep passing game. The Ravens haven't necessarily stretched the field as much as I would have thought they would this season. Now, part of it, is on the play calling part of it is on the execution. Lamar Jackson, even dating back to last season, has been inconsistent, I'd say, with his deep ball throws. Had a beautiful throw in the end zone to Keaton Mitchell last week, but literally threw it over a defender into the breadbasket. Keaton Mitchell just dropped it. But he also had a play where he overthrew Zay Flowers, and there's debate about, you know, could Zay have stretched out for that ball or not? But he overthrew his shot. Bateman two times against Seattle. And you can even go back to last year, James, that Cincinnati game. 
he ended up missing two wide open touchdowns on a span of three plays. And it's dated back for him for a, a little bit now. So for me, the fast starts, you got to hit on your big plays early if you have those. But I just think for Baltimore, calling those plays is key. But I know a theme for the Ravens in these Bengals games, James, has been Mike McDonald. A key matchup for me, and we, we talked about it in week two, Mike McDonald, yeah. it feels like, has been the Bengals, Joe Burrow's kryptonite. And I want to see, you know, if I wanted to say, oh, well, Joe Burrow can go out there and beat this Ravens team, how can he do it? I think the first step is how can you beat Mike McDonald in this Ravens defense? Because for the most part, they're playing lights out this season. And Joe Burrow hasn't had a ton of success. No, he hasn't. And it's there's a lot to it. There's in the first thing is just solving it. But Joe talked about it on on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday is when my days are all messed up. On Tuesday, how they'll show one look and then it'll be a completely different look. And when you're Joe Burrow and and you live with reading defenses and analyzing them, and that's your superpower, I get why it's been a, a little bit of a kryptonite. And I was going to pull the numbers and I, I did earlier for all Bengals and I, I uh, don't have them in front of me, but I remember he's two and two against Mike McDonald, which we, we knew that 66% completions. So th that part doesn't look crazy. But it does, especially when Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 and last week. And I know that's not the norm, but we've never really seen that Burrow where he's that dialed in for a half against this Mike McDonald defense. And so I, I think that that's such a huge, huge matchup and just solving that. The other part of this and the biggest matchup of the game is because at some point it's not going to be scheme and Joe Burrow just being superhuman. I think he needs Jamar Chase as well. And Jamar Chase had six targets last week, caught five of them, and that sh that needs to be at least 16 targets this week. I think it needs to be a ton, and hopefully that back is feeling good. Hopefully they find ways to get him the ball downfield and not just the the, the quick hitters that they, they've done. And those work, the screens work, the quick slants, stuff like that to get Jamar Chase the ball. That helps the offense, but you need some of those big plays. And they generated some of those last week, especially with the game on the line. And I think that's got to be their mindset going into this game because I'm not sure this Bengals defense that gave up 188 yards rushing to the Houston Texans who aren't known for their running ability and going to, into that game, no one thought they were going to be able to run the ball and Devin Singletary runs for five yards a carry. You mentioned Keaton Mitchell. Well, he's averaging 16 yards a touch. If Singletary is averaging five yards a carry, something's got to give. And I, I like Keaton Mitchell pre-draft and uh, we talked about him on our pod. And so uh, I, we know what he's capable of. I know the Bengals defenders know, but I think this is going to be a high scoring game and we could talk more about the defense in a second. So if the Bengals are going to win matchup wise, they need Joe Burrow to win his against Mike McDonald. They need Jamar Chase to win against double teams because that's what he's going to see all game long. There's no doubt about that. And, and uh, you're really going to have to lean in on your stars. So Matchup-wise, it's those two stars in my eyes, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and can they get it done on the road in a big spot when the whole world, and obviously the Ravens, are going to know that Joe and Jamar are the key for the Bengals to get a win. Yeah, 100%. And I think we can even go back to last matchup, James, where T. Higgins did play in that one. He was the one who did the most damage to the Ravens' secondary. Jamar Chase, though, is covered – a lot of the time by Brandon Stevens because Marlon didn't play in that. The Bengals won't see Marlon Humphrey this year unless they match up in the playoffs in January. But 
Jamar Chase, five for 31 against Brandon. It wasn't just Brandon Stevens. Obviously, Mike McDonald did a good job of taking him out of the game, but we know what Jamar Chase can do. And I know Ravens fans do know because he put up over 200 in their stadium one game. So I think that for the Ravens, without Marlon, because again, the calf injury, I, just, I would not play him this week, and I don't think he will whatsoever. He's doubtful coming into this one. There are opportunities to shut down. And I know with Mike McDonald, you can talk about the two high looks, keep everything in front of you. And that's the Ravens MO is that you don't get beat deep against this Ravens defense. You, you, you take the short stuff, take the intermediate stuff. You can march down the field a little bit, but then once you get into that red area, 30 yard line, they tighten up and it's field goal attempt. That's, that's their goal because I think they feel like if they can hold the opposing offense to field goals, every single possession, they're confident enough in their offense with led by Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, et cetera, to go out there and put up more points to beat a team. So I think that's one really big part of this too. But you talked about the Bengals defense and the stats for them right now. They're 31st in the league in terms of yards per attempt against the run. They're 29th in terms of yards per attempt against the pass. So I do think and we, we talked about the fast starts. To me, that's really important because if you can, if the Ravens, for example, or if the Bengals, if the other team get, can get out to a, 10 to nothing lead or a 14 to three lead early that could set the tone and kind of shift how the other team play calls, especially against, you know, if it's the Ravens against the Bengals defense, they might have to look for more deep shots. If it's the Bengals against the Ravens, there might have to be more tempo. So both those, both sides of the story there, I think make a lot of sense for our point, which was the fast starts, because if it's, if it's a slow slog of a game, which some AFC North, in fact, a lot of AFC North matchups are, it might be that game might come down to a field goal, but I, I tend to agree with you where Thursday night games usually take the under on those, but mm -hmm. these are two high powered offenses. And I think both teams could have success. Yeah. I, I, if the Bengals are going to win the game, the offense needs to have success. And, and you read some of those numbers. They've been living off of forcing turnovers, which works until it doesn't. And last week, really the only times they truly stopped the Texans offense, they forced a couple punts. I'm not going to pretend they didn't, but it was turnovers and two of the three didn't lead to points. One did, and it kept them in the game late, but how sustainable is that? I wonder that. And, and they're going to have to 31st in yards per attempt. And now you're facing the Ravens and you don't have Sam Hubbard, who is by far their best run setter on the edge and just great against the run. That's a lot. It's a lot to overcome. And, and, and or, or it's a lot to expect them to overcome it, put it that way. So we'll see if they can do that. I think that's a huge key for this game is, is dictating the pace. And you also, just going back to the fast start stuff, the Bengals, they haven't been good when playing from behind. And they had to do it in week two, and it was tough for them to catch up, and they didn't complete that comeback. And so I think that is a huge, huge key for both of these teams. Which one starts fast? It's an advantage every week if, if you start fast. I think it's even more important this week. So let's... Uh, Let's continue the conversation. I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts. I have plenty of thoughts as well. And maybe we'll get some predictions as well for Thursday night football coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We get fired up for wins on Locked On Bengals and Locked On Ravens, starts, sits. And well, today we have to be a little bit more personal with Jace Medical because we just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on the extended travel. Bring on the natural disaster supply chain issue. You'll be covered. You won't have to worry about whether or not you can re refill your generics. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online 
right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would like some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. All right, Kevin, let's dive into what is, it's a huge game. We've discussed that. We've discussed storylines around it, key matchups, and maybe there's another matchup or two you want to hit on, but do it in a context of the Ravens will win if, because both of these teams are coming off of ugly losses, games that I think inside their respective buildings, they feel like they should have won and they didn't. And they're hoping to bounce back on a short week. Yeah, I think for the Ravens, some of those self-inflicted mistakes I mentioned, you can't have those. And I think the turnovers too. I think th- this game looks different for the Ravens. If And again, it was an unlucky play. Lamar throws the ball, bounces off a defender's helmet, because literally it's a moonshot straight in the air. And uh, Greg Newsom comes and takes it to the house. But turnovers, specifically fumbles, have been an issue for the Ravens this year. Lamar Jackson has 10 on his own through 10 weeks. And... Part of it is not, I'm not blaming it all on Lamar, obviously. Ronnie Stanley has been beat badly a couple times. He's obviously not going to play in this one. It's going to be Patrick McCarry for the Ravens at left tackle. But the Ravens, you mentioned the Bengals not playing well from behind. The Ravens really haven't had to do that this season. They've either been in really close games or they've blown out teams. We haven't really seen this Ravens offense play from behind before. So I think that the Ravens can't afford to get Cincinnati a fast start. I'm not saying they can't do it. We just literally have not seen any sample size this season of them. And I think it's it's different this year because the reason you bring Todd Munkin in is not to revamp the running game. And John Harbaugh said as such, they have kept things from the Greg Roman tenure. It was to diversify the passing game, which was something that was not growing anymore under Greg Roman. And we've seen that. Zay Flowers has been electric. He gets open. It's hard to cover him one-on-one. Odell gets brought in. He is ramped up over the course of the season. He had that 40-yard touchdown on, on Sunday that looked like vintage Odell. So I think they're getting better contributions from there. So it would be easier for them to play from behind in, in this type of offense than it would in a Greg Roman type of offense. But to me, I think a matchup that I'm looking at is it's always going to be DJ Reader. I mean, it, it, it's always going to be him. And I think with Tyler Linderbaum on the other side for the Ravens, he struggled a, a little bit in terms of these bigger defensive linemen but Linderbaum's been an all-pro this year. He's played like that. Now, DJ Reader is one of my favorite defensive linemen in the entire NFL. I think it was a great signing when it happened. Obviously, it's definitely paid off for Cincinnati in multiple different ways. But that Bengals defensive line, you minus Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, going to play versus the Ravens offensive line. What is it going to look like without Ronnie Stanley? They're banged up a little bit on the offensive line with maybe a Kevin Zeitler ding and a John Simpson ding. Morgan Moses coming back from a shoulder. So, I think that winning in the trenches is huge because the Ravens, frankly, did not do it last week on both sides of the ball. It it was one of the reasons it cost them the game. So establishing a physical presence early to me is going to be really important. Not having those, even the mesh point, James, has been an issue for Lamar Jackson and his running backs this year. Justice Hill and Lamar have not been on the same page all season. There have been some issues with Gus Edwards as well. Just plays where it's a simple exchange, and I know it's not as simple in real time NFL game speed. 
but it's stuff Lamar's done thousands of times and the ball's gotten on the ground turnover. So to me, the turnover battle is going to be huge. Maybe it comes down to a turnover late or a last second field goal here, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a close, but somewhat high scoring game. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, on mostly everything and the, the love is mutual. I love Tyler Linderbaum. Our listeners know that's who I was hoping for in the, the 2022 draft. They ended up getting Dax Hill because the Ravens took Linderbaum. And I was really high on Dax Hill too. So it worked out. He's been a big part of their defense. But I agree with you. They have to try something new in the trenches to make Lamar uncomfortable, to throttle this rushing attack, certainly, and the explosive plays. I mean, there's every element that the Bengals were giving up last week, the Ravens want to take advantage of and are capable of it because they have more weapons on the outside than they've had in years past. And Odell does seem to be getting into a rhythm back-to-back touchdowns. We all I think believe in Zay Flowers after the how he started the year. So there's weapons, there's big plays. This defense gave up both of those last week and obviously the rushing yards. And so let's start in the trenches. Trey Hendrickson limited, I would imagine. So Miles Murphy, the rookie from Clemson, I think we'll see him. We'll certainly see Cam Sample and, and uh We'll, we'll see Joseph Osai, I think. And I thought Osai coming into the year was going to have a, a big year. I think expectations were high for him. He's fallen behind a bit. He had an ankle injury in the preseason and hasn't really made an impact. So this is his chance with Sam Hubbard out for these guys to, to rally. Unfortunately for the Bengals, they don't really have a, a quality interior pass rush. They have guys like DJ Reader, and who's, who's more of a nose, as you know. He'll get some pass rush now. Uh, he will. And, and that's part of why the Bengals love him so much. But that is a really tough matchup with Linderbaum. And then B.J. Hill, him and Hubbard had put together a really nice tandem. And, and they had one stunt against the, the Seahawks that ended the game. And they were able to get the Geno Smith on, on a fourth down. And Hill brought him down. So not having Hubbard, that's a big loss. I really worry about the defense. Because on offense, it's like, okay, at least you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. You, you might not win every single time in the trenches, but you still have these guys that you can bank on. And there are some that you can bank on, like healthy Trey Hendrickson. Of course you believe in him or DJ reader, but I do wonder. And so the defense is, is what concerns me the most, even though they don't have T Higgins on offense. And uh, in that said, I, I still just saying it out loud. I think Joe Burrow's backs against the wall. He knows it. He's got to put on the Superman cape. That's what he has to do this week, Kevin. He's got to go in there into to Gotham City, which I know I'm cross-promoting here, but that's what it is because it's another city, and uh, go into Gotham City and Baltimore and come out with a win. And that's really tough to do because Mike McDonald has been his kryptonite to a degree. And, and so we'll see if he can do it. I think it's an interesting test. It's a tough test. It's going to be a battle. I think these guys know it, just talking to them over the past couple of days. By the way, short week road game, the past couple of Thursday night games for Cincinnati over, over the years have been home. I didn't realize how rough it is. Road game, it is way harder than it is. So that, that is an edge, and I'm not making an excuse. It's just an observation. I am taking the Bengals, though, to get to the prediction. And logic, logically, I think you would say Baltimore. But And I've said this a couple times this year, and so far they've delivered, and maybe they'll do it again, and, and maybe maybe they can – find a way to stay in the AFC North race. Uh, doubt Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase if you want to. But I'm going to be the last one to doubt those two guys. And I think that's what it comes down to. They need to get 30-plus points on the board to win. 
and I think they somehow do it. I don't know how. I don't know if there's a bunch of trick plays coming coming out and different things like that, but I, I think they need to find a way to get this one if they want to win the AFC North. So uh, I'll take the Bengals 31-27. Yeah, I, th- I think both teams know it's at stake here. Both teams probably really, really wanting to come out with a bounce-back game. I agree with you. I think both teams definitely want to establish themselves here, and I think – for the Ravens, I would just need to see Joe Burrow do it first if I want to pick the Bengals here. And I, I'm going to go with Baltimore because I think Joe Burrow is, is back. Like, I think he has arrived again. Like, week two was not the Joe Burrow everybody's used to. But to me, the Ravens, you talked about the Bengals' lack of interior pass rush. Well, the Ravens have one of the better interior pass rushers in the NFL. And just Matabike right now, who has eight and a half sacks. They're, they're a high-sack team this year. Jadavion Clowney stepped up. Kyle Van Noy from everywhere. So I think if you get pressure on Joe Burrow against that Bengals offensive line, I, again, I, I would need to see Joe Burrow do it first against Mike McDonald, pick up a, a key win against him for me to feel confident saying, you know what, the Bengals to me, I think it's going to be close. Again, somewhat high scoring, but I'm going to pick the Ravens. I'm going to say they bounce back and I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30 to 26 is my score. Major shout out to James as always for talking Bengals. Should be a good game. I'm expecting a high scoring game somewhat and also a close one, but I got to pick the Ravens here. I just, I would have to see Joe Burrow do it against this Ravens defense before I was confident in picking them. And I think the Ravens are going to have a big bounce back game. So I'm going Ravens, but AFC North football coming up Thursday night. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, video form, audio form, follow along for the best daily Ravens content. When we get back here, it's going to be after the game. So later today, I'll be going live, talking. Ravens will be a more of a late-night instant reaction stream, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here then on Locked on Ravens.